Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common. You don't gotta enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier. Hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me as always is the bamboo forest to my rocky stream. Aaron is here. <sighs> Hello. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. You were just reflecting in that. Yes, zone. I went inwards for a moment there. So nice. Yeah, I did a nice intro for once. Yes, you did. You didn't shame yourself for being some kind of horrible beast. Did you tell that I wanted credit for it? And I brought it up immediately <laughs> that I did it right. Yeah, and you deserve it. Very good. How are you doing? I'm fine. I'm. I we're having a heat event in Ontario, yeah. which is I don't know anymore what this language means. It just means holy fuck, you guys. Yeah. So if the recording just like just goes quiet and fades out, it's because we actually melted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Either our equipment or us or the whole building. <laughs> yeah. It's we're Canadian. We're not super equipped for hot weather, and no. this is worse than normal. So anything over twenty degrees Celsius will kill me, and it's <laughs> over double that. So. <laughs> Help me! I'm double dead. <laughs> I died twice. Is that a good segue? Uh, sure, yeah. Talking about reincarnation yeah. of sorts. Sure. Uh, our movie of the week we can today. Tell, you can tell we have a fine grasp of the subject matter. <laughs> uh, it's not going to get better. Uh, this week we are touching, touching about... Cut oh, that well. out. We are talking about this week. We are talking about... A Touch of Zen from uh, 1971 kind of. Yeah, Kinda. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. I'm going to give you some behind-the-scenes stuff up front on this one, because I feel like okay. it really... Set the scene for me. Yeah, it provides the context of why this movie is like it is. Okay. Which, I kind of well, jumped okay. ahead, but August this month we're doing movies that we introduced the other two, because yes. we were both born in this month. Um, one day apart, that. which is extremely stupid. I keep not bringing it up, but you keep bringing no, it up. No, I'm going to bring it up. No Very one ever good. believes us. <laughs> I, I got to get this out there. Someone is going to believe us. Yeah, so I introduced Aaron to this one because I'm big into Chinese and Hong Kong cinema both strains of that. Yes, and I uh, had no fucking clues. So this was a very cool little door to uh, well, big door to open yeah. and be like neat a uh, uh, you know cinematic tradition i have never seen before did not yeah. grow up with very cool stuff and another reason that uh we chose this one is because it's such a foundational like this is the original martial arts art house movie period yes. there aren't really any that exist before this so without this there's no crouching tiger hidden dragon style specifically thing. Like, like very much i'm thinking of a couple <laughs> scenes in particular like yeah. at times shot for shot remade <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like ang lee is very aware of it and he's he, sure I, it's funny going through interviews with him just generally and seeing him talk about this movie where he's like, yeah, I made Crouching Tiger and Dragon. Obviously, there's so much that comes from this movie and there's a lot of it that you're like, oh yeah, clearly Bamboo Forest. This I mean, is sure. literally the idea of fighting in a bamboo forest comes from this movie. So like, right. this is foundational with a capital found. Um, 
and sensational. She's got the ational in there. Capital sends. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> More Canada very talk. Hot. Yeah. It's very hot in here. Um, yeah, the, so the the Crouching Tiger stuff where Ang Lee went into making Crouching Tiger with the like, why did I choose to make it look like this? And then he went and saw King Hu stuff. He's like, oh, because I'm thinking of this movie. Because this is what I did grow up with. Ang Lee describes this movie as watching someone create art history, which is such sure. a interesting way of putting it. It's very cool. It's a very, like... I don't know. Uh, there's a gravitas to that. Yeah. that I mean, he's right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, behind the scenes stuff for 1971. Sure. Yes, you're setting the stage for describing the movie. Yeah. Okay. So, 1971 is uh, the official release date of this, though this movie has. A touch of Zen? Yeah, a touch of Zen, sorry. That has technically three different release dates that you could oh. bandy about. It started filming in 1968, which is like right after like martial arts movies start to become popular. Like, they. Bruce Lee stuff is proliferating. Bruce Lee didn't come around until 71, too. So this is even 68s before oh, then. Fair. Okay. We've got, like, there's a movie called Come Drink With Me, which was King Who's. That's one of the movies that started out the idea of a martial arts movie. Sure. So, like, this is right on the heels of that. When you see, like, a blockbuster movie that, like, oh, they just got a blank check to write for it, this is King Who's version of that. Everyone's like, oh, you are minting money with your martial arts movies. Do whatever you want. I see. Okay. And so he's like, I'm going to do Touch of Zen, this movie that will take three years and eight months to shoot. <laughs> so much of it's dependent on like the outdoors and yeah, seasonal like yeah the amount of that. scenes that they had to they had to be like okay we can't shoot this one anymore let's come back in 16 months when the plants will rebloom it's <laughs> right. just nuts uh so the studio uh this movie's from taiwan the studio um sees the first cuts of things and like oh this is an impossible movie we can't do this you're putting out something in 1971. And King was like, oh, I've only shot like a third of the movie. What do you want me to do? And so they shot the first part they released. And I'll point out in the plot when we go through it when it happens. Sure. They released as an individual movie. It was 90 minutes long. Okay. And they're like, part two is coming next year. And it did. Okay. And it failed because it made no sense split up as they did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the studio was still like, well, it was unreleasable as its full version. So... Hmm. You just didn't release it as its full version. That's and not the same thing. When they released part one, they had not yet started shooting part two. Oh, boy. So a real, like, what the hell are we doing, you guys? <laughs> What's the plan? So they shot part two in 16 months. That got released in 1971. The first half got released in 1970. Okay. So we've okay. got, like, a year and a half between. It's so weird. They were only released in Taiwan and like for literally three days in Hong Kong and they're like, no, this is no good. So like nobody really saw these. What everyone saw was a two hour cut that the studio execs put together yeah. of this movie. It's always a shining example of movie making as we've covered. Yeah. Yes. That was for home video. But then in 1975, the three hour version that we all know and love today was released for the Cannes Film Festival. And that's ah. the like, that's now the one that's popular. And all okay. That. So arguably 1975 is when this movie premiered in the sense that it was seen as a movie. Yeah. Together. But then it kind of didn't get so seen anymore stupid. for the next few years. It was like kind of lot like the, the version of it you could see was so degraded. It was, oh. yeah. So like f 10 years ago or so. One of the stars of this movie yes, got right. everything, like, restored, and that's the version that, like, if you've seen it, 
if you saw it before 2010, you hadn't really seen it. Is kind of what mm. is said about it now. So. I would be so interested because it's such a beautiful, beautiful mm. movie. Like, stunning to look at on a, on a level I've not... I can't think of another movie that's like that. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I can't even imagine what <laughs> what you lose by not having that. Like, it's almost a part of the plot, how gorgeous yeah. everything is, you know? I can't imagine it being, like, shitty to look at. Because, <laughs> <laughs> no, like, there is... King, who uh, wrote and directed this movie, I guess I should say, too. But he... He, like, he never puts plot, really, in his movies. If he does, it's because a studio <laughs> person told him to. Made but, him like, do it. <laughs> he got to do whatever he wanted for this movie, and it's like... It, you could sum it up in, like, six sentences, everything that happens in this movie. Yeah. It's just it's such yeah. a slow roll and... Yeah. yeah. Very it's more than plot. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, then describe it to me. I shall. Give me six sentences worth of plot. <laughs> uh, before I do that, though, directed and written by King Hu, as I said, but just to talk about who's in the movie. Absolutely. Starring Su Feng, who is the person who bankrolled all the restoration eventually. Yes, she's great. Um, and she's done that for a couple of other movies, right? Like, this yeah. is a, a bit of a, a workhorse of hers. Yeah, and she she just, like, became a film producer rather than a star, so she's, she's awesome. a very fascinating person in history. Nice. I want to bring her up, because I think it's very funny. When they started filming this movie, she was 17, when the second part came out, she was 21. And when the actual movie premiered, she was 25. Oh my God, Such a so bizarre. Weird. And it's the first movie she ever starred in. Really? Yeah. Was she not in Come Drink With Me? She was not. She is in Dragon okay. Inn, which is King Who's second movie. Oh, that's movie. what I'm thinking of. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. really only as a supporting, like she's in the opening and the ending and that's it. Sure. Yeah, it's God. really interesting. Just, like, live with this movie for so long. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> I, I'm not even, I guess, not surprised that it kind of petered out after 1975, because it's just like, yeah, we know. Like, this movie has been around <laughs> for so long. I'm done with this. Like, this movie started filming before the world knew who Bruce Lee was and premiered after he died. Like, it's... That's, that, yeah, that's bananas. Goddamn wild. I mean, I know yeah. he, you know, burned bright and fast, but, like, yeah. <laughs> It is such a, like, movie-making changed eras, like, three times in China. Oh, especially China. <laughs> in China. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. it's wild. Uh, <laughs> I'm also going to point out, A Touch of Zen is the English title. The Chinese title, the translation of it is Chivalrous Woman. And this oh. is her. Okay. <laughs> She's the chivalrous woman. The, the woman. woman in question. Yep. I didn't know that. Uh, we've got Shi Chun, who is a King Who fave. He's so funny. He is very funny. I want to point out, so I'm not going to do too much history on this, but, like, Come Drink With Me is King Who's first big sure. hit. And then Dragon Inn is his second big hit, which stars Shi Chun. Um, and it's Shi Chun's first movie. When King Hu was casting it, he was just like walking around Taiwan and saw a pharmacist. He's like, hey, do you want to star in my movie? And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm bored. And that's how I he have became. Nothing to do with this um, morning. You fucking massive movie star. Yeah. That's so it's great. great. <laughs> it's very stupid. I I really I get why people move to L.A. or they move to New York or whatever, and they assume that like that's just gonna happen to me. Yeah. Because that's how it used to work yeah. in the '60s and '70s. Like Black Orpheus, um, the lead. Yeah. Um, Bruno Mello, he, yeah, he soccer was player. a soccer guy and just, like, saw him walking down the street like, damn, you're handsome, you want to be in movies? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, want to be yeah. in a movie? <laughs> that is how it works, all right. Bring a friend if somebody does that, yeah. too. <laughs> Do not go to a second location. <laughs> With a movie producer. <laughs> <laughs> That's just good advice. Yes, <laughs> Chichin. Yeah. Great guy. Great guy, great face, very funny. I love him. 
Uh, got Bai Ying as General Shi, Roy Chao as the Abbot, and Han Ying Che as the Eastern Depot head who shows up at the end. Oh, yes. Only mentioning him, he only has a small part, but he was the martial arts choreographer here. Oh, nice. This okay. film, again, I love pointing this out. I'm a nerd for this stuff. He was the martial arts choreographer before that was a credit you put in a movie. And by the time it premiered, what? they had to adjust the titles to include him as oh, that. God. Because that was now an industry standard. <laughs> exactly. Yep. So funny to me. Literally movie making changed a bunch. Yeah. yeah. And like Crazy. King Hu is a goddamn pioneer of all of this stuff. Uh, Apparently. Connect with me online to talk about <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> if you're ever bored, Nick will just oh, talk yeah. about... Chinese film. I love it. So let's get into what actually happens in the movie then. Let's do it. Um, this, uh, I mentioned this movie's in ta- filmed in Taiwan. Taiwan has like so little movie output, especially internationally at this time. Oh. Just you mentioning Shi uh, Chen just getting cast off the street. Yeah. They didn't have staples of actors oh, to work sure, with. Oh, sure, sure. Okay. There weren't like agencies. And there weren't like okay. crew or anything. So I'm only doing this because I'm building up King Hu was the like director, writer, producer, art director, hairstylist, makeup stylist, uh, oh like set designer. Like he, everyone did everything on this because okay. no one knew how to do anything. It's kind of. That's so wild yeah. too, especially now that he's had like two blockbusters under his yeah. belt, like, you know, for all intents and purposes. It's very funny. And just be like, yeah, can you come in and brush their hair in the morning? <laughs> oh, okay. Because he was this big history buff that no one knew what, like, Ming Dynasty hair oh. looked like. So he was like, you got to do it like this. Just say, like, the hair is great. Yeah. Like, good job if that's <laughs> literally what he did. That's yeah. very funny. So all of the beautiful shots in here are, like, people seeing Taiwan really for the first time internationally, oh, which wow. is so cool to me. Oh, it. it is gorgeous. Yeah. And I mentioned all that because it starts with, like, I feel like this is a real once upon a time opening yes. of... A cinematic sunrise where we see loads of nighttime photography going into a sunrise over the China Taiwan standing in as China. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not really China. It opens with a spider web, doesn't it? Yeah. A spider ensnaring flies. It's got one of these like At famous night. six minutes before you see a human like evidence of humans existing kind right. of thing. Yes. Very cool. Yeah. But yeah, the spider catching a fly in its web. <gasps> Metaphor. <laughs> it's art <laughs> uh, and through all this we kind of zoom in on a remote mountain village in Ming China and this isn't stated in the movie but Chinese audiences would kind of know we're looking at like a 14th century kind of deal here medievally yeah okay. uh, we start our day with the well-meaning but unambitious scholar and painter Gu <laughs> <laughs> he's such a he's such a like this is Xi Chen and he's just got this wonderful like hello how may I help you face like yeah. his face just screams like I will never rise above middle management and I don't want to yeah and that's fine <laughs> he <laughs> I just, don't have the drive or the smarts he's a couple steps away like if you got a drink or two in him he'd be like man life's just so beautiful you just gotta like sit and take it in kind of yeah, yeah. like very goonish and yeah. yes like Kenneth from Thirty Rock he's oh, got that yeah. energy to him like. Wow, people are just so nice to be around. He's got yeah. a big toothy smile yeah. like Kenneth. Yeah. <laughs> Very uh, deferential. That is a perfect analog. There you go. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's what it is. Uh, and we see him start his day as he's a little scholar that just does paintings and just writes sets up shop in the village center and yep. does portraits. Really good portraits. Yeah, I love the art. Did King Hu also like paint all the portraits? <laughs> no, but he uh, employed a like period artisan to show him how the portraits were painted uh, okay. and then Shi Chun took lessons with him for oh, no months oh. to get it right and like you only see him do it in like 
like three shots yeah. maybe but that's ah, king of it for you but yeah <laughs> gotta be accurate yep. that honestly is a reason i would lo- like i'd be a fucking terrible actor mm. but i'd love to do it just so you could like learn archery or to you oh, know yeah. climb like skill walls like just all the cool skills you might learn later on we see Sufeng playing an instrument and she studied for a year for that scene oh boy and I bet. it is like literally seconds on screen yep and she's not like what is recorded isn't her playing. It's, it's just not King, even... <laughs> King who's like, you have to look like you know what you're doing. You can, you, when <sighs> you even know a little bit about the thing, you can tell very quickly yeah. when it's not right. Brutal. Interesting. <laughs> brutal and interesting Brutally facts. Brutally interesting, yes, anyway. <laughs> Tales of brutal interest. <laughs> uh, yeah, he goes, Guga is, sets up shop, and we have, I love the the stranger approaches shadow that falls on yeah. Goo is so great. It's very like, you know, the beginning of Beauty and the Beast when Belle is like going through the village after mm. her day and like collecting bread for the day and then sitting down with her book. And then, yes, he's opened his shop and like, ah, another beautiful day <laughs> in God's kingdom. Yes. Like that very kind of energy. And then dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and a shadow falls over him. It's a stranger in a hat stepping up to the the shop. Yeah, who requests his portrait be painted, and we have a little conversation that really implies, oh, rural life. Yes. I haven't seen you around these parts, stranger. Yeah. Like <laughs> I'd know if you lived here, because <laughs> yeah. there are 12 of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, who always, he's clearly a shifty guy, is what we've learned. Yes, yeah. he's very loath to, like, answer questions yeah. directly. And... Just wants his goddamn painting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, like, sit for for days, I assume. But that's great I cover guess. if you're a stranger, though. Oh, totally. Like. Yes. I mean, you know, you'd have to find an inn and like start talking to locals and like it must be a lot easier to blend in when you are from medieval times yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) Yeah. i'm gonna sit for this portrait where i just look through the town square for days yeah and ask questions about the village yeah uh that night we meet goo's mother who nags him about his (laughs) lack of ambition why are you taking the exam she's so funny she's very funny and then we get the creepy fort investigation. This fort, I love this set. It's so cool. Very cool. So this must be like an abandoned fort that they, the village kind of lingered after yeah. like the military presence was gone, but it's clearly overgrown. Like yeah. there's some, you know, people are squatting in it or like. Tales of hauntings happening about yes. people seeing ghosts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an extremely cool set. Yeah. Very, it's got this, like, it's obviously very creepy and it's coded that way. There's like gusts of wind through the rushes and oh, what was that noise? Mm-hmm. But it's also just gorgeous. Like it's shot mm-hmm. at sunset or in the middle of the night and the moon is full and yeah. just beautiful beautiful stuff uh, yeah the cool stagecraft thing of like goo has his little lantern that he's walking around with and it's clearly there's just like a spotlight on him yeah a guy with a flashlight behind him but, but... it still looks so cool like it, it, it does i don't know why it doesn't bug me because it feels so fakey but it, at the same time i feel like that enhances the i think you're right about this clearly being someone is telling a fairy tale yeah yeah well this i should have mentioned too this is adapted from um this oh. parts of the story are adapted from uh, Strange Tales from a Chinese Studio, which is like okay. a collection of hundreds of folklore stories that have been adapted numerous times and all that. So this is a sure. real like familiar trope going on. When you open with like him, a stranger comes to town and asks mm. to get his portrait painted, you know what the story is kind yes, of thing? Yes, you okay. know yeah. that you're... Actually, I'll, I'll talk about it a little bit later. There's so much that, like, he, King Hu attributes to, like, this story is from blah, but it's really, like, 20 minutes of this movie is from that strange... Sure. stories and the rest is all from uh 
his own mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but Goo creeps around. It's this, yeah, we get this really long, extended poking about. Like, ooh, is it a ghost or is somebody squatting? Who knows? Yeah, he starts hearing obviously not normal nature sounds yeah. from the fort and wants to investigate he's a little curious yeah. he's got a little ambition but i like that for like oh you're in a small town and like what the yeah. hell else so nosy yeah <laughs> yes been living next to this fort for who knows how long totally and he's been a little like the guy was acting weird at the yes. portrait studio yeah. like he things are afoot mm-hmm. you know there's some excitement coming into his little <laughs> life and like yeah, I'm going to go poke around. I'm scared, but I'll do it. He sets off a little sound trap, and that's kind of the end of his night. Yeah. He's like, oh, who's there? Oh, the no. thing I love about this movie, I will gush about a lot, I'm sure, is the like opening of scope. Like, it starts out with such a huge, like, look, nature, zoom in on this town. Here's Goo. And, like, right. the expansion of his world, of what he starts mm, to take in. Yes. Really love it. And this is, like, part of that, I feel like, of him pushing his boundaries true yeah well that's that's such a classic fairy tale thing right it's mm. like unassuming village resident uh suddenly has something introduced into their life yeah. that they hadn't before and it expands their their vision beyond just their home can't stop pulling it like the little threads yeah they're just like oh what's that what's that oh, something new <laughs> Uh, the next day, we get uh, some lowdown stuff on our stranger that came to town. Uh, he's like investigating some like people in town. There's just a real. I I love how Goo is used here as like it could be confusing as a viewer sure. if you're like, oh, I don't know why I'm missing so many details, but it's clearly like, oh, Goo is missing these details. Right. Let's follow you're along him. with him. Yeah. yeah. It's him discovering these things. Well, there's like the stranger is like investigating this doctor and asking about this blind guy in town and he's really scared of Buddhists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's going on with this dude? Uh, but we learn that his goal is to find a fugitive and that he's part of the Eastern Depot. And here's something that, like, I know I for sure missed out on for a long time. But the Eastern Depot is, like, the secret police of the time. Oh, I see. literally written down as, these are the people you do not want to meet. Okay. Like... (laughs) Police, secret, do not expose. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Um, I gotcha. They're, like... Literally the reason that the Ming Dynasty winds up collapsing for oh. what is outlined in this movie for right. like might makes right kind of decisions yeah. and stuff. Root out your political opponents. Yeah. Uh, so that's a like I big see. signal to the audience. Okay. Yeah. Goo's like, oh, that's neat. Okay, go home. Uh, <laughs> so cool to have secret police in town. <laughs> yeah. Wild. <laughs> neat. Uh, that night he meets his new neighbor in the creepy fort who isn't a ghost and her name's Yang. And she is intimidating and quiet. She's so weird. <laughs> and I love that like, she is the main character of this movie, and yes. it's been 45 minutes. Yeah. And she's... you also have no idea. Like, she yeah. still seems like a secondary, like, it's going to be Goo who writes out the mystery and, like, yeah. solves the problem or whatever. But, yeah. No, he's just, some... just staring balefully. <laughs> yeah. Which, I... if someone wandered into your house at 2 a.m., yes, that's also what I would do. Set off your sound traps and all that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goo's mom wants them to get married. <laughs> Instant, such small town shit. Yeah, like, ooh, she's cute. Oh, look at that. Is she married? No, you're marrying her now. <laughs> I Pardon me. I mean, why say no? <laughs> if you're goo, why say no? <laughs> I suppose. But it's all about, we gotta continue the the goo line. line. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're doing He's a great job. Child. <laughs> I love the like mental arithmetic his mom is doing of like well we're poor but they're much poorer so they can't say no this is a step up for her yeah so she's gotta say yes cool mom (laughs) great mom awesome uh but she said no 
<laughs> what? Uh, but I love the bit of there's there's a scene through like all of them getting to know each other. There's a lot of like, okay, Yang is suspicious around the blind fortune teller, and the blind fortune teller is suspicious around the stranger. That like just all yeah. these currents in motion. But Yang is like helping out around the goo house because the mom gets sick, and Yang is taking care of her. A very sweet bit where like. Yang is like clearly like oh I'll take care of you and Gu's mom isn't being like I wish my son was married to someone but just <laughs> doing the like I'm sick and I'm lamenting and I wish really wish that our family wouldn't end with me and there's this right. great shot of the camera panning around Yang as like Yang is facing the mother and deep sigh as she turns away like <laughs> oh I want to help this lady there's this like nice moment that Yang yeah has. yeah that's like, true that it's all this movie is all these like almost little missed human connections you know mm, yeah it's it's very like you said it's weirdly small in scale that way for something that's so like big and flowery and you know yeah but uh, Yang makes up her mind there I suppose to have a baby with goo just like yeah i'm gonna do this nice lady a favor <laughs> i'm gonna do you a solid so, grandma <laughs> a chivalrous woman indeed oh is that <laughs> i will mention a chivalry at the for yeah like, what does that mean that's like a chivalrous person at the time is like the knight errant kind of character kind of trope here's the like okay. good morals and and powerful fighter and like on the side of pureness and goodness and you want to see them prevail okay lots of that stuff so that's what that's implying cute yeah yeah so we've got a nice little family unit now i guess i i think the the scene where they hook up mm. Gu and yang it is so gorgeous like mm. some of maybe the most romantic thing i've ever seen in a movie yeah where it's nighttime and she this is where she's playing is it a zither no it's I don't, uh, know, it's I don't know how to pronounce it quite right but guchin Okay. And, you know, she's got a beautiful robe on, mm -hmm. and, like, it's outside kind of on the veranda mm -hmm. of this, you know, broken down, like, very dilapidated, but in that in a beautiful way, you yeah. know, where something starts being reclaimed by nature, and exactly. it becomes, like, more beautiful, and the pond with the lilies, mm -hmm. and the moon is just, like, beaming down, and the music is so beautiful at that moment as well, and she's still, like, I, you can tell she's not falling in love with him, but yeah. she is, like, taking pity on him, and there's something about that connection where she's like, I see you're worthy of, like, feeling loved. Yeah. I don't love you, but I would like for you to feel that. And you can see yeah. how happy it makes a little girl. Yes, it's so yeah. Sweet. And they just have this, like, beautiful moment. Just, yeah, it's intensely romantic. It's a beautiful scene. One thing I love, too, all the, all the nature we've seen so far is really, you know, overgrown, wild, but really, mm -hmm. like, gray. Scale, like gray green kind of coloration. Yeah, it's it's shot a lot at the the weird you know aside from the nice setting sun where we kind of see it the first time it is very like early in the morning or like late at night. Like really dusty. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't feel like when you talk about let's get out into nature you're not talking about this kind of nature. Yeah, this is, is scrub. Yeah. This is yeah. But when they're in that room with the instrument there's like flowers in there and I think it's the first like really colorful shots yes. that you get it's very yeah. sweet very like pink lilies and oh, yeah. it's just very beautiful it's anyway very nice. didn't want to didn't want to like speed by that <laughs> I know it's it's a really it's an amazingly sweet scene and I mean we're considering like almost a I harp on this kind of shit all the time but we're like a full hour into this movie nothing has happened but I remember watching it for the first time and being like oh my god Keep going. Yeah. You're doing everything right, movie. <laughs> Just keep giving me this. Yeah. 
shortly after this, though, is uh, the first, like, fight that we get. And that's why I'm so aware of the hour passing, because this was, like, billed as, and is considered a martial arts movie. There is not a single, like, hint of a fight for the first hour and ten minutes. No. It's wild. A lot of people falling down. (laughs) Yeah. You see some, like, people running around on roofs a little bit. A little. But that's, like, like, scampering. Yeah. Not, you know. We get hints of it. But uh, Yang is the stranger, we learn his name. He attacks with his cool sword belt. Concealed weapon sword belt. Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's a cool one to reveal. Yeah. I like that a lot for, like, ooh. He, like, kind of appears as just, like, a humble stranger. And we're like, no, but he's armed. Oh, God. Oh, shit. Um, and after Uyang is routed and kind of chased off, we get like the full backstory of everything and we get into the solid politics. <laughs> it is very, like the first time you watch it, you're like, so him bad guy? <laughs> okay. Got Good. it. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It gets really detailed, but you don't need the details really. It is yes. a really surprisingly universal, just like there's political corruption. Totally. Tried to be a whistleblower. We got killed for it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It is, honestly, you do not need to know. Like, I had no idea the Eastern Depot was, like, secret police. It's just clear that they're trying Mm. to punish someone for being good. Yeah. You know, it's got that very, like, moralistic bent to it. Yeah. So Yang's family is on the run, and helping her escape are these two generals that are, like, hiding in town. And that kind of closes our circuit on, like, that's Uh, why this stranger was after them. So it's the blind guy and the doctor. Yeah. Who are actually generals in hiding. Yeah. Yes. That helped her get out here. And the other thing that I don't, I think, I feel like I always forget, there's a scene really early on where Uyang is investigating a little bit, and monks come up behind him, and Uyang reacts like, oh my he god. He flips out. Yeah, because in the flashback, we see our first hint of uh, these monks that beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Like, embarrassingly yeah. so. Like, beat the ever-loving tar out of... Like a like a entire battalion. Like, yeah, it's very embarrassing. And like tie him up in rope and push him down. Like if they were bullies, there'd be a lot of you gonna cry, <laughs> baby gonna cry. This is the '80s bullying of like organized religion. <laughs> yeah. Because in the flashback, we came near this monastery, and these monks are presented as this like superhuman, otherworldly thing. Very like the guardians of mm. the valley. You yeah, know? absolutely. And yeah. like they don't venture out. This is it's got this feeling of. What have I wandered into? Yes, what have I accidentally activated? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Again, a very fairy tale kind of thing mm. where like don't don't cross the mushroom circle, don't mm. go beyond the the three rocks, don't go into you know, yeah. you're taking it upon yourself to disturb like the the lion's den kind of a thing. Yeah, and you will like your moral character is about to be judged. Yes, yeah. yeah. But the our friends are judged nicely. The abbot, the very good fighting Abbott decides to take in our fugitives, and they all learn cool Buddhist kung fu. It's <laughs> so funny. It's just like such a, <laughs> not a cure-all, but it is very like, okay, great, we passed on the sacred knowledge. Yeah. Have fun fighting. Which is like a huge element of Chinese and Hong Kong yes. stuff. Cinema of this time is expressing this like, there was this huge crackdown on Buddhists and like the Shaolin kung fu fighters. Right, that's true. This is all the same thing as that, but it's just expressed so differently from how things like the Shaw Brothers that I talk about all the time express this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Back in the present, we learned that uh, Yang's meeting the like the Eastern Depot reinforcements that are coming to town, uh, and we're like, oh, we gotta stop him from meeting up, and we get our really cool 
foundational forever everyone wants to fight in a bamboo forest because of this movie bamboo forest fight (laughs) (laughs) yes routing them before they get to before that like it's messengers right yeah meeting up with the incoming wave of eastern depot thugs yeah our like hero group is like six people or something at this stage and there's two eastern depot people we get a big like we are outmatched which is like yeah what but wow, that's crazy. So we've got like the the big superhumans of the Buddhists versus the secret police yeah. here. <laughs> a normal pairing. Yeah. Um, and it's such a cool, like, this is where all, literally the idea of like wire flying kung fu stuff originates in this instant. Yes, it's so clear where everyone else was getting their visions for these types of things, like this House of Flying Daggers look, this Crouching Tiger, Tiger, Hidden Dragon look, Wire Fu, like The Matrix, literally, (laughs) as as a very direct result. Yeah. 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 It's great. Uh, The... I really like it, too, for, like, an early expression of... You hit the nail on the head already, where there's a lot of nature taking over human world imagery and stuff and this sure. is a real like the eastern depot guys cut down the bamboo to make more room to fight better yeah and the our heroes use the bamboo like in harmony with nature all that kind yes. of all that crap all that bullshit <laughs> again so fairy tale of like it's you have to work you know nature can help you if you respect it as a a player yeah which i also love like oh the monks taught them how to fight so that's why they're Fighting like monks, that's great. Yeah. And at the end of that fight, so ends part one of A Touch of Zen. Really? Yeah. It's weird, okay, right? I had, when you said they, <laughs> they cut it up, I, I was picturing a different place for this to end where yeah. it feels like a movie would normally end. Why, that's so weird. But it ended with a, like, okay. to be continued. Like, it wasn't a, oh. this is an end. This okay, is okay. The this was, first it's chapter. not a sequel. It, it is a yeah. part one. Okay. <laughs> All right. I think it was even billed as Chivalrous Woman part one. Okay. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. Okay. End of part one. Part two starts so weird. Like, the, the re- part two did very bad box office. No. Um, and it was a lot of word of mouth, people being like, I couldn't tell what was happening because they didn't go and see part one. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's where we get where I bet you think part one would have ended. We get the Home Alone portion of the... Yes. Thing, where, like, the Yang gets killed, uh, so our new enemy is the head of the reinforcements comes to town. Yeah, it doesn't work is the thing. Like, the thing in part one, like, they try and they kill all but one messenger, right? And he makes it to the... They kill both messengers, but they don't kill Uyang. Oh, right, sure, sure. So it it actually doesn't work. Like, they didn't realize their, yeah, reinforcements are coming to town regardless. And so they're like, okay, they have the advantage of, this is one of my favorite things, they have (laughs) the advantage of numbers, but we have, like, nimbleness, we have knowledge of the terrain, how can we use those as advantages and, and fuck these guys up and turns out the extremely haunted garrison is a bit of a source of uh, this will be the battleground yeah it's great because it's 200 to 5 i think they say right. they set it out as and goo is like no we'll just spread like riotous gossip about how haunted this place is and it's perfect because small towns love to gossip we like, employ- oh, did you see the ghost there last night and they're doing it like in earshot of a couple of soldiers and like oh i wonder is this in the period of history where you're you've been you've been doing military action for Mm. a while and now you're having to kind of reach further and further afield for soldiers and those might be like 
you might be recruiting villagers themselves who already believe this sort of ghost story thing. Yeah. They're very susceptible to it. Like, they're very scared of this garrison. Anyway, just I could I could see that. And I feel like there's just, there's so many ghost stories that come out of that time mm. and area. So, like... Well, there's a bunch of bodies lying around in every single everywhere. town and garrison. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like, I wondered that. I could absolutely see that because... Uh, I feel like the idea is these are all conscripts that are just like... It's very clear, yeah. yeah. Beyond the like high, hierarchy power structure, yes. everyone below that is just like some rube. I needed a job, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. rube squad. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise they're all goos out there who have like no prospects for their future and all that, so it's, yeah. A classic military uh, tactic. Big time. Looking at you. Imperial America. Uh, <laughs> all the... I love the gossip train is, let's employ Goo's mother. Yeah. It's just like... <laughs> the biggest gossip in town. Goo's just like, so I funny. think I have an idea about that. It cuts directly to her. We get a Brian De Palma split screen thing going on here. It's very almost Looney Tunes, this part. I It's a great setup for what comes after it because it is like a caper suddenly, you know? How can we like, okay, there's five of us. Don't worry. I think I have an idea. And then like borderline montage that we go into. <laughs> no, I think it is a is montage. An actual yeah, yeah. montage. I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's, you know, I'm spreading rumors and like planting, you know, evidence of like, it, oh, they go in and then they see corpses laid out yeah. perfectly neatly in it's front so of creepy. me. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> so yeah, they're going for it. Yeah. Uh, so everyone thinks it's haunted. They like, and I love the slow bleed on it too, where the head of the the Eastern Depot guards is just like, oh, take like a squad and go. Squad gets killed. Yeah. Okay, we'll take like a bigger squad and go. Squad <laughs> gets killed. Just like, okay, maybe we should all go at night for some reason. <laughs> because of like, it's it's timing reasons, right? Yeah, like yeah. if we don't do it before, uh, yeah, it has something yeah. to do with other politics, right? If I don't mm-hmm. do it now, I'll look bad, yeah. even though strategically not a good move. And then, uh, yeah, the Home Alone stuff works. Eastern Depot gets routed. There's all these funny, like, okay, well, we'll just put mannequins on, like, sticks. And it won't be as simple as that. It'll be, like, part of this contraption that it can pop up and down. So it yes. Like, so oh, it's God. not just a, a scarecrow. It's, like, suddenly. And then creepy <laughs> bells are set to ring whenever anyone goes too close. Yeah. And, yeah. Ooh. Home Alone is exactly what it is. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is a thing that, like... After this resolves, in the aftermath, Goo is laughing his head off at like, ha I beat all these people, I'm so smart. Yeah, uh, the, the harsh light of day. <laughs> that feels like, if this was your standard issue martial arts time, that's where it ends. Yes, 100%. Yeah. That's where I thought you meant the movie was going to end, with him like laughing victoriously over the 200 corpses yeah. that are now littering his home. But when part one premiered, they hadn't started filling that yet. Ah. So just such a like, what? You, oh my god. You didn't know how this was going to end? But like through that, we lost a few of our heroes, and we're down to just like, I think we've just got like Yang, General Shi, and Gu are all that's left. Yeah, and like Mom is fine. Oh, Mom's fine. The villagers are okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But I also see why this makes sense. Where you think like, oh yeah, part one is done here because Gu laughs and he has this like confronted with what he's actually done, how many people he's gotten killed. It's very gory and like the bodies are just lying all over and just like contorted and they all died as terrified as they've ever been in their lives. And it's just like, there's a bad energy. To use the vernacular, there was nothing chivalrous about it. Ooh, snap. (laughs) It's the chivalrous woman, not the chivalrous uh, goo. Um, 
But uh, the abbot and Buddhist show up to bury the dead, and Gu's like, hey, where's my girlfriend? Yeah, so sad. Like, what? We just did a big project. I thought we would, like, ride off into the sunset, and they won't fucking speak to him. Yeah. Which is a bummer. Big bummer. And this is a real, like, we we are not Buddhists in any way, but there is a level of Buddhism would... My understanding, mm. Buddhism would approach this idea of look at all this carnage for no reason. You are a monster. Like you are a bad person, Goo. Like obviously something is wrong with like your soul here yeah. right now, and yeah. you need to find like a way forward. Like it wouldn't be you know, you're I hate you forever. Like a Buddhist right. not think that, but it, it is more like, of a too like, bad. This is where you're at in your cycle. Yes, yeah. very much. Hmm, so, darn, very different. Gotta go um, up from here. But uh, Yang went back to the monastery. She's gonna become a nun. Yep. And have none to do with Goo. Ugh. Uh, Goo finds her there, uh, finds out there's there's a very funny shot of Goo is looking at the monastery, like, oh, is that her up there? And I a see monk, a, yeah. A monk just scuttles past Beetles and... out from behind a rock and then puts down a package and scurries off, and he turns around like, what was that? <laughs> I get fucking Looney Tunes. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but, but it's, it's a baby. And it's this thing where, like, borderline magical monks, like, how did he get here? Where did he go? Yeah. They are very much, like, mysterious force of nature, these monks, yes. Yeah. And there's a note tied to the baby to say, we're Dunsville, basically, I'm breaking up with you. Here's your child. Yeah. I'm, we will never see each other again. Yeah. Which is, like, yeah, it's this weird, it's not sad, but it's, it's kind of like, oh, this is the only way it could happen. Couldn't it? It's very wistful. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Yeah. I think what you were describing earlier is right, where, like, suddenly, like, for that five minutes or whatever, the movie is just him. And it's clear that time is passing. Obviously, at least yeah. nine months would have had yes. to have passed. But, you know, the seasons change and he's like, the movie is just about, for that very short period of time, him trying to find his love yeah. again. Like, she left. Where is she gone? I'm suddenly abandoned and I've ruined my home and I can't, you know, I have to strike out. Yeah. And then, so it's just him and it's so tight focus. And then it's like... No, their paths are diverging. This mm-hmm. is, you are never going to see her again. Here's your child, what you thought you wanted, you yeah. know? Uh, you got what you wanted. Are you happy? Brutal. And and suddenly it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah, like the, the scope expands so much at yes. that point. Because that's exactly it. Because I feel like that where we think that the movie's going to end initially after Home Alone time, that is like a really tight, scoped, I understand everything. And this last yeah. hour is about like, you understand nothing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's that's the structure of the movie is it starts so wide and then it focuses in and you learn more and more about just Goo himself. Yeah. And then right in that, that pinch in the middle, it's just him trying to find his <laughs> girl. Like that's such a, you know. Yeah. And then it expands back out again until the end of the movie. Yeah. Like you are, Goo is the least important person involved in it. Wildly, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Goo takes his baby and leaves, falls asleep somewhere, because it's hard being a dad, single dad out there. Um, How's he feeding it? uh, Is he just, like, giving it leaves? I don't know. (laughs) George of the Juggling, this baby? Like, I do feel like it's been, like, the baby has been born for, like, probably a year and a half at this point. Like, I think Mm, it's supposed to be literally years, plural, has passed. Yeah, that's possible. You do literally see the seasons changing. Yeah, and I mean, literally as they were shooting, like, this... (laughs) This is being shot in 1971. Was this a choice or, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Four years to go. (laughs) Uh, But he is a fugitive now because he got all these Eastern Depot people killed. Yep. Uh, He gets tattled on. And we get the main Eastern Depot army shows up to uh, arrest slash torture and kill uh, the detractors here. Uh, And we meet the evil commander of Eunuch Wei's army. 
who is that's this is uh who i put it out as a martial arts choreographer as well right so he's the big strong guy uh and fighting ensues between him and yang and general xi have showed up to kind of well protect Gu. they came back down the mountain to like one final stand against this yeah i don't know like earthly conflict yes i think that there's even a little bit of talk from the abbot of like you have to find a way to put your earthly stuff behind you and this is one of those steps we have to Put a pin, like, not put a pin out, take the pin out and close the circle. Yes. I love everything that happens toward the end. I don't understand a lot of it, but I do love it. But, like, the scope here of, we have seen people jumping, like, like Trampolines, crazy clearly, bounds you know? and trampling yeah. the lead. And then the monks show up and they can literally float. Like, they're walking yes. across grass and empty air. spaces yeah. yeah they're very spooky in that way and they're always shot very menacingly yeah this was like in a beautiful way this is a great thing of they had no budget for this movie so they can't do special <laughs> effects or anything so right. they were just like okay we will wait eight more days until the sun is perfect coming through this bamboo and then we will shoot the abbot head on so that the zen like light the halo coming. yeah yeah yeah. It's all there. It's so great. I and a lot so. of the shots that I, I very, like very much imprinted on me watching it for the first time are as if you've come across this group of monks like you would a deer in the forest. And they mm. just all turn in unison <laughs> to look at you from like across the glade. Yeah. You know, and they don't say anything and they just watch you. And it's just they're so coded as a part of that forest mm. and a part of nature and like yeah. it, 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 bafflingly because they're all dressed in this gold and yeah. red and you know not blending in but it is just like they're almost creatures of the forest yeah. the way that they're shot and the way that they behave it's just like i have no quarrel with you yeah we're gonna go our separate ways it's such um it's captured so well the look on their face of like the way you're describing it it almost like i know you just said deer but it almost sounds like predator-ish of like i locked on it's you. almost exactly it's, it's reversed it, it's yeah. like you're the deer you're the sort of creature that they're just living out their time in the forest and they go oh look a person yeah like they are what gaining for you here? to exist here and they yeah. can decide you shouldn't be here and you will be gone yeah like it's it's so, like, there's a few shots that are, like, oh, I see where they bounced on the trampoline that are a little dated. <laughs> sure. But some of the, like, a couple shots of them uh, paddling over the, the grass is so yeah. cool. Uh, there's a few shots of the abbot just moving horizontally. Yeah. It's just so, Can't like... Can't decide if it's menacing or not. Yeah, but you know that it is... Powerful isn't even the right word. You know that it, it it's it's just... It's the authority yeah yes yeah and literally not a single word spoken kind of adds to it it is just all the way it's shot yeah yeah and the abbot routes our eastern depot like single-handedly basically (laughs) almost Um, with one hand behind his back i think actually at one point (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and he kind of leaves the eastern depot to be like you know figure your shit out (laughs) get out of here home and think about what you did uh, but then we get the little coda of uh, Sue is up on the mountain, feigning, please take me in. I'm, I want to be enlightened like you. Uh, oh, this, this general guy. Yeah, yeah, the commander of the, the Eastern Depot is yes. very like... I saw the error of my ways. Please yeah. take me into the... Yeah. But he's, he's a big faker. <gasps> and he stabs the abbot in the tummy. <laughs> Just poor tummy. And then we get the like the real trippy ass, invert those colors, uh, is the commander having a concussion or is he like passing into hell yeah kind of moments <laughs> this uh, is where we get you know art hose yes <laughs> it's like okay apply effects yeah 
And, like, that's intended. It's supposed to be no ambiguous to the point of you shouldn't quite understand because it's... I feel like the implication being you would understand this if you were enlightened more. Sure. A thing I find very funny is King Hu doesn't know a thing about Buddhism. <laughs> he, okay, I, we have that in common then. Yep, he just went to Buddhist friends and he was like, if I wanted to elicit this type of response, what would I show? Okay. Would this do it? From and, a Buddhist lens. Like, show the art on it. Like, okay, that won't. How about this? How about this? The few obvious things, though, are like the ending shots of the abbot bleeding gold and the sun behind sure. him are very Buddha um, Okay. images. Okay. Yeah. That I could totally see. And nothing that you're shown is like, I don't even understand how this is in the movie or what it, but yeah. it, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure what it means in a Buddhism framework, but yeah. it is very, you see vultures circling. Yeah. This is from the commander's point of view, right? This like evil guy. And yeah. it fit to me, it, it, I'd be curious what you think to mm. me. What I got from it, that first viewing, not having a fucking clue this was coming was <laughs> He is suddenly seeing, it's almost like the representation of what it means to be at like a low point in your karmic cycle. Oh my He's God, seeing yeah. This, yeah. this inverted colors, like very hell on earth, city on the side of the mountain and vultures circling. And then the abbot turns to him and yeah, is bleeding gold and has the sun haloing behind him and like... And turns away, right? Is the yeah. like not this time. You're not. You're not moving up. You're not being reincarnated. Your your karma has dragged you down to yeah. this point. You do not get enlightenment this time around. Do you I, know what I mean? That's I that's what it. Love that. That feels like you just put into words what I've been trying to grasp at oh, with this, which is delightful. Yeah, they're on this mountaintop, and the abbot climbs even higher and kind of disappears. You're looking up at the abbot, yeah. And it's a bit of a like only those that have reached the stage can. Can, can reach up here. You can get to Nirvana. Yeah, kind of. can move up. Whereas uh, the East Commander is, like, trapped. He cannot get out of that position. And he yeah. is actively pulling back what is revealed to be his sons that are the other guards. He is pulling them down with him. Oh. And this reaction of, like, oh... Your karma isn't just yours. It affects everybody you come into contact with. Oh, see, with. I totally didn't think of that. I was just like, oh, his sons. That's funny. That's, yeah, you're, you're now <laughs> past. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Even though they're also dying. Like, And yeah, he, he, he ruins their chances, too, by being yeah. so, it's just, he just wants revenge. Like, he yeah. got beat. On, on his own terms, and now he's like, no, fuck that abbot. I'm going to mess him up. Yeah. And this is what, it ha what you know, generational uh, problems <laughs> you're causing now. Yeah. Nice. And the, like, the little bit on the end of that is that we get Yang and General Shi are trying to rejoin the abbot. Right. And General Shi doesn't make it up, but Yang gets close, and yes. I feel this is the chivalrous woman. We are, she is the closest to attaining this enlightenment. She yeah. gets a vision of it, and that's about it. And then Gu also gets a vision of it, which makes... Obviously, no placement sense because he's in a bamboo forest, hundreds of miles away. No one knows. Yeah, <laughs> um, but he can see this this thing of like, oh, he's he has taken a step because he knows. Yeah. Now, going through the home alone <laughs> fort, he knows now what his the error of his ways. Like he's being he forced accepted his to, punishment yeah. and and yeah and in now, this life. Yeah, now his his uh, suffering is to raise the sun and to do it well. Like that's. Yeah, suffering alone and on Earth is a big, huge part of Buddhism. That's the, one of the only things one I thing I know. Yeah. Yes, well, and I like that too because the idea of them, the way that the commander and his sons are connected, and and his, you know, bad energy is mm. affecting them. 
Yang's good energy, they are linked, she and Gu. Yeah. And so he does get a little, a little like, secondhand, you know, good karma <laughs> off of Contact, that. Contact uh, karma. <laughs> Contact high karma. Yeah, I, I, now thinking about it that way, it's like, you're not just doing good for yourself, it is helping other people as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. And that's where it fucking ends. Yeah. It is, <laughs> it is, like... I know that we just talked about it for, you know, some minutes or whatever, but it's a three-hour movie that takes so much time in doing it stuff. And almost, I remember watching it the first time and getting to the end and being like, I cannot believe where this movie started. I know. With this little, like, scholar just painting portraits. Yeah. I want to be a great painter. I don't want to take tests, Mom. It really feels like the big conflict is going to be, can I defend my village? Yeah. Like, no, I got a glimpse of God and... (laughs) Turns out. Good lord. Yeah. yeah. In the grand tradition of like Chinese movies of the 70s, just fucking ending. Yes. <laughs> You're like, wait, no. Uh, pretty sure. Funnily that like it does end like that, but like compared to a lot of other Chinese movies from the time, it does have more of a like uh, a conclusion than <laughs> yeah. like, oh, the cr- credits. Okay. Oh, that's it. All right. Okay. <laughs> like I mean, it is a three-hour movie, but it. It, A, doesn't feel like that, and B, it doesn't have these, it doesn't feel like you're forced to intake information for three hours straight, and it feels so much so overstuffed, or like, like you're supposed to react to everything within the three hours. It is just totally organic, very flowing. Just a, a, just, it's just for your eyes. It's just, you know? That first hour with Goo is just, like, slow intake of information. You get the backstory exposition, and then, like, that's the entire plot. Literally, yes. Yeah. And then it's just fallout from that. Of yeah. Like, well, you know who's mad at who, so <laughs> we're just going to watch that. Yeah. 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 <sighs> who knows nothing about Buddhism? <laughs> no, vir- virtually nothing. Like, uh, it's one of those things of, like, Good culturally you'll grow up in it because it's the I mean, more yeah. dominant religion. Well, I shouldn't even say more dominant religion. There are more religions at play there in China than in very Christian-centric North America. So. Yes, yeah. You're going to have more perspectives anyway, but like, sure. this is somebody who he never called himself a Buddhist. He never practiced Buddhism in any way because it does feel like, oh, there's something I'm missing here. Totally. But it's very funny to listen to like film scholars talk about this movie because like, yeah, there's a reason it's called A Touch of Zen. There's like no nothing substantial in this movie. <laughs> a about, hint of Zen. Yeah. <laughs> a hint of lime movie edition. Just going to give religion. you a taste of Zen. Yeah, it's very funny. First Zen's free. <laughs> well, that's the goo experience, right? And the <laughs> way he is the the center of the movie of like, yeah, c- contact contact high yeah. off of Buddhist. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah, I mentioned most of the behind the scenes stuff. I wanted to like, I just think is neat up top. Other than like, you can dive. King Who is a historian first and then a filmmaker second. I didn't know that, but that makes so much sense. So yeah. it is. You could dig for your entire life to excavate all the stuff he's getting into here. So I won't take us through that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, other than, uh, not other than, uh, I want to talk about like his approach to movie making because sure. it's so. Speaking of organic, it's so goddamn cool. Like he, I mentioned, come drink with me. That's a movie he did for the Shaw Brothers, and right. he did it as like he started out as an actor, then he became a writer, then he became a producer, then he hmm. became a director, and this is his big directed movie at Shaw Brothers. And then he's like, I hated making this movie because he wanted to make it about um, the the female lead, and that is Cheng Pei Pei, mm. who's played by Cheng Pei Pei, and he wanted to make it the story about her. It's actually a story about a male protagonist, and he was like, I don't want to do that. And he got forced to do it, and he had sure. to give up a lot of stuff, so he's like, okay, I quit. They're like, but you have a contract. Like, I don't care. I'm going to Taiwan. Bye. 
I don't care. Good for him. Yeah. <laughs> Where he does Dragon Inn, which that is even more of a, like, tentpole for the idea of what martial arts movies become. Sure. And is in direct competition with Shaw, so Shaw starts building up stuff to fight it against that, doing their own in-house style stuff. Yeah. Very, very, but it's such a cool movie. I love that movie so much. Uh, and then he gets the like the blank check to make a touch of Zen. And he never wanted to make martial arts movies. He does not like martial arts. He doesn't know anything about martial arts. I guess like if he's a historian first, he must view it as like a necessary evil to get butts in seats. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what he did with Touch of Zen, where he's like, okay, we do have to have some conflict. I'm just gonna make it dances though. So like, no, nothing in here is martial arts really. Right. It is it's that very floaty Beijing kind of opera stuff. Yeah. yeah. Elegant, elegant martial arts. Yeah. Peking opera stagecraft. That's what he called it. Sure. Um, and so that's one of the reasons he's just like, I'll just make this guy a martial arts choreographer. And then everybody at Shaw was like, Oh, they have a guy that's a choreographer. Let's do that for our movies. <laughs> so like. He's the one that creates kind of accidentally the idea of this genre he doesn't like, which I think is funny. Oopsie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but when he did like Dragon Inn and this, no one, like I mentioned, no one knew how to make movies. There, well, that's, that's rude. No one knew how to make <laughs> movies on the scale he right. wanted to. Sure, sure. And He's with, got a lot of imagination. Yes. And a lot of the movies being made in Taiwan are contemporary things and he wants to make historical movies. Sure. So like... Just literally that knowledge hasn't had to come out yet. That's, sure. Yeah. And you can't hire anybody from the groups of people that know how to do it because they all work for Shaw all, Brothers and yeah. it's blacklisted. <laughs> so Oops. he creates his own version of doing it. That's why his movies look so different from all the Shaw Brothers stuff. Obviously, yeah. art house sensibility, as we have said many, many times. Sure, sure. Uh, but he, like, he did all of the hairdressing, as I mentioned. He designed all the costumes. He made the costumes. He did the editing. Oh, my God. He built the set. Oh my uh, god! Sets, I should say, uh, and obviously he can't do it all alone. This isn't a like great okay. man of history thing. He <laughs> is in, he is making the cast do everything with him. <laughs> Beautiful. So, like, one right. of the things that I love the fort, the big fort, the big heavy doors of the fort. Yeah. Um, the aging of that wood was done by Su Fang and Shi Chun. They were, like, in charge of it, and they're like, we don't know how to fucking do I'm this. I'm not a fucking woodworker. So they got, like, a blowtorch, and they ran that up and down some of the wood, like, ah, it looks pretty good, but we can't make it uniform, so let's just get this part all wet, and then it'll have water damage. Like, it's just, we're trying <laughs> shit out. But they did such a good job on the doors that they look great, obviously, that's one thing. Sure. They're not cheap plywood, that's literal wood, it looks very oh, wow. good. Oh, okay. And the thing that I love, all of the creepy door yeah. of an opening... No, fully done. That's just what those doors sounded like when they were done. God, I'd be so proud of that if I, I know. were there. And they are. Like, Shi Chun brought it up in like, interviews all the time. Just like, I did that. that was I my did door. those doors. You like that? <laughs> like, dude, you're the star of this movie, you know? <laughs> no, but the doors. The doors. The doors are great. Uh, one cool trick that I like, you mentioned how, like, scummy the water is. Yeah. What? How they did that, they... So, generally, the fort at sure. large... Took about ten months to build. I believe it. Uh, they started building it when Dragon Who Dragon Inn started filming. Okay. As a like, ooh, we already have a huge hit. We know this one's going to be a hit. Sure. Let's sure. start bankrolling this new thing. So ten months. That's where a lot of the age comes in. It's it is outside, so yeah. it's getting okay. rained on. And it's getting rained on. Like bugs are in there, animals are in there. They just let native stuff grow. Nice. All that okay. grass and stuff is native. Um, but to make the pond look old and scummy, what they did was. Along the bottom, they poured, they coated it in rice syrup. Oh. Left that for like a couple days and then put the water in. Okay. Didn't notice anything for a bit. They like left and filmed Dragon in. 
And they came back, and it just looked like that. Oh, my God. Because all this algae proliferated, and it just built its own ecosystem. As algae does, yes. Do you know algae is the main creator of oxygen? Like, a main absorber of of CO2? It's not trees. Algae does, like, 60% of the work on the entire planet. Yeah, because it's just frightfully efficient and very Mm -hmm. fast growing. Yes, extremely fast, yeah. Yeah. Yucky! We love you, but get out of my water. (laughs) And then, as I mentioned, all that, like, really flowered grass that looks kind of like weeds overgrown. Yeah. That only flowered for a couple of days, and then it would wait a whole year. Oh, Christ. And so that's just... That's when you shoot. And King was like, no, we're not shooting when it's not flowered, and we're not shooting with fake flowered stuff. Sure. (laughs) Instead, we'll take four years to make this (sighs) cartoon. Do you think he was insufferable? I yes. can't tell. He was? <laughs> I, I think so. There's a lot. The very little I've read about his beef with Shaw Brothers is that nobody liked him. Like, he had a very difficult personality. I, but I don't know if that's, you know, Shaw Brothers have control of the narrative. I think it's both, honestly. Okay. <laughs> I do think that Shaw Brothers like to like film an entire movie and put it out in three days, if possible. Yeah. And he wanted to do a four-year movie. So, obviously, that's going to come into conflict. Those aren't the same goal. But, yeah, the, I feel like there's fault on both sides there. The way that King Hu, I remember like when I started learning about him, was people would, would describe him as, he is Stanley Kubrick for China. That's exactly what I'm picturing, is, except almost like more... Like, if you're going to wait another year for the right type of flowers. Like, I feel like even Stanley Kubrick could be, (laughs) like, well, just, we'll shoot something else or we'll put in fake flowers. Yeah. Not King Who. No. God God damn it. Yeah. So so it's that level of, like, mania obsession on the rightness of things. Good historian. Like, there are things, like, it's been a really long time since we've done an injury and destruction roundup. I only have one point today, so it's not, like, a real roundup. It's not a roundup, but... But, like... They did so many, like, so, so, so many takes of everything, which is pretty obvious. Sure. And some of that's the martial arts stuff, and it is very tiring, and nobody involved in this beyond the choreographer has done martial arts in their life. Right. So Su Feng, while she's fighting Wu Yang toward the beginning, there's a moment where he cuts her hair, and it, like, flops down in front of her face, and right. she, like, knocks it aside, and, like, there were literal, like people jumping on their feet clapping at, at can which is great i love that <laughs> she's beautiful oh like, she's a stunning human being such an amazing moment too. it is I it is it. goes into slow-mo a little bit and, yeah. and then it cuts away pretty quickly because she got her head cut real bad <gasps> and blood started trickling down she oh, reached no. her hand up and it's just coated oh in blood. no and she had to be run to a hospital uh, emergency room immediately and thankfully it was a flesh wound but it wasn't really like oh did we kill her oh did we just cut off our star's head (laughs) damn but it was like the reason that that happened was the guy's arm was so tired of holding up a sword that he couldn't clear her head completely (laughs) and I bet they made he made them use real swords yeah yeah yep (laughs) which again like yeah, you'd have to do all that shit on your own because you don't have a depot, like a backlot no. of just 14th century Chinese weapons. You're making them all yeah. for oh your needs as they come up. Yeah. Good for your economy. That's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Oh, man. But one thing I want to say, this is the, like, when the world saw Rashomon and it brought Japanese film into international light, this is the movie that did it for China. 1975, it wins, like, a huge technical award at Cannes. Hmm. It's the first Chinese language to win an award at Cannes. Oh. And the first Chinese language film to win any award ever at any international festival. For real? Yeah. 
so weird. It's okay. it, like all right. You have all these local markets, and like nothing's competing with Hollywood I or guess. and the UK even too. Oh no, that's true. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So it's funny. This <laughs> huge moment of like, oh wait. Oh hold on. Neat. <laughs> wait, there's a whole other. Did you guys look over there? <laughs> yeah, just like turns out there's a whole friggin' continent over here. Well, I mean, classic, you know, uh, <laughs> North yeah, America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dang. So yeah, 1975, that brings it in. And it's one of the reasons, like, I love my Hong Kong and Chinese movies. It's very hard in North America to get access to anything from before this because they oh, never really made it out. <laughs> like, Yeah, there was just no, like, economic reason to yeah. distribute out here, right? So yeah. fuck it, why? Yeah, I mean, there's this whole, you know, thing going around. I'm dating the episode right now, but... Um, HBO Max just being like, no, we're pulling, or not even just HBO Max, but a bunch of discussion around the benefits of physical media, hooray for physical media, and this is exactly why, is just, if you don't circulate these tapes and you don't put them out in the world in a physical, like, graspable format, you're just gonna lose, like, entire traditions and entire little moments in film history and, like, yeah, imagine if this had never broken through. Like, literally, the whole the whole uh, Hollywood action genre would not be the same. Yeah, literally wouldn't exist. Like, you can trace... Not as it is, no. You can trace everything, like, post-2000s back to Hong Kong and China. Yeah. It's a straight line. <laughs> it, it, liter- it quite literally is, yeah. and it's just, it's just such a funny, like, what if the Nazis won the war? Yeah. Of, like, it, it would be fundamentally, the movie industry would be fundamentally different. Yeah. And it's just such a, like... Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I know. God. Sometimes you got to start with piracy, but like it's for a good reason. It's for piracy a good cause. is morally correct. That's true. Yes, we endorse piracy. Yeah, <laughs> but support those that are actually doing the work to put the physical stuff out. Of That's, course, you yeah. got to ride that line, baby. <laughs> Living uh, on the edge. Everybody choose for themselves. <laughs> Don't come and arrest us. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, all I had to bring on um, a touch of Zen. I that's love beautiful. this movie. It's dated in so many ways, but I love foundational. Things like this where you can see how things were changed forever. It's just yeah. such the the mitochondria of... Mm. That's not right. The powerhouse no, of I the know. cell? <laughs> that's what flashed into my head immediately, and I was like, that's not what I mean. Uh, it's the... You Amoeba? know the pool, the germ, the the gross pool first, the primordial beginning. Soup? Yes, thank you. It's the, the delicious primordial soup. soup. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this out. Yeah, um, please do. <laughs> it's the primordial soup of... Like, just everything you think of as, like, a Chinese action yeah, movie. Yeah, it really is. Um, like, there's... Without guns. Just that's it. Yeah, and I mean, the Bruce Lee style and Shabro style does develop on its own separate course. Sure. But this, the reason that I find this movie so fascinating is because Dragon Inn comes before this. It uses the same type of choreography. Yes, so Shaw Brother, Brothers has seen Dragon Inn style, knows how they want to do stuff, and they start building their own brand off of that. Then Bruce Lee comes along, changes the game again. And then this comes out in 75 and kind of is a, like... <laughs> is a little throwback. Yeah, yeah. But also, oh, there is some reason we should be doing some of this stuff. It's such a distillation, right? Yeah. It's so, like, pure and perfect and, like, very auteur-y in that way of, like, this was a guy's vision. Yeah. And that's it. It's just such... Yeah, it's such this weird curiosity kind of uh, where... Yeah, yeah, you can see things develop. You, it's interesting having it come out seven years after dragging in and be yeah. like oh wow that's what we were doing while bruce lee is like kicking a guy's head off in in big boss yeah <laughs> as well he should <laughs> yeah oh that's so funny i really didn't i mean it's just such a rich fucking industry like oh it is God. entire entire styles could like 
develop and then wither away in the time of like in three years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Great. Nuts. Yeah, the, when we talked, we've talked about westerns a lot on the podcast. Yes. Go back exact and see. Exact same, like, very <laughs> fertile ground and just, like, mine the shit out of that genre and then it's over and we've yeah. moved on to what has grown out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. It's yep. a beautiful movie. 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 <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I feel like we've kind of ate some of that up, but what are your final thoughts otherwise on... Uh, <laughs> I, I do just love how clearly it is someone's vision mm. of... Uh, this is a story that everyone knows, but here's how I'm going to birth it into the world. Like, mm. it's so, it's just got his fingerprints all over it. it. This is a work by King Who, and it couldn't possibly have been by anyone else, for good and bad, but it's it's <laughs> just such a perfect... Sometimes that's a fucking nightmare. Yes, it is. And it is. sometimes they're just bad, and it wasn't a fully formed vision, but it was a vision. And yeah. But this is such a great example of, like, a, a pinnacle of something, right? And, mm. and just such a pure, distilled, like, yes, okay, this is a fundamental, like, way of, of putting this story out into the world, even though it's a story everybody knows, or at least it starts off that way, right? Mm -hmm. and, yeah. Um, just a beautiful, like... I don't know, just the creative process at work, man. Like, you know, there's something to be said for not getting too teary-eyed about that kind of thing, where it does develop into this, like, the auteur, the director can do oh. no wrong type of bullshit, yeah. but this really is just, like, in this case, you absolutely gotta hand it to him. Sometimes you do gotta mm -hmm. hand it to him. And I will be not apologizing for that at all. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's my final thought. It's beautiful to see just, like, a wonderful vision. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> king um, no, I get it. <laughs> king who? It's King Whom. Oh, okay, I regret this. Let's cut I... all those up. <laughs> Let's just scrap the podcast. <laughs> what are your final thoughts? Uh, well, I obviously love this movie. Sure. The things that I love about that, like, stick with me more than anything are, like, we've said how little plot there is. And, I mean, we <laughs> talked about the plot for, like, 40 minutes or something just now. I mean, yeah. There is so much, but it's such... It's the mo one of the most deftly done expositions I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, it is a perfect use of, like, expository dialogue, flashbacks, Setting, montage. Like, just, like, yeah, storytelling. Yeah. Yeah, it just breezes by those so efficiently that you're like, oh, yeah, I understand it 100% of everything. And it I never mean, feels forced or trite. Yeah, and it is... Surprise! I personally find it surprisingly universal for how specifically totally. rooted it is in Chinese history and 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 uh, tradition and such. Yes, but that's I know that the mileage will vary on that. But that this goes over three hours. It's an incredibly simple plot, but it has such an amazing use of scope. Is the other thing the scope combined with exposition? Yeah. Of we're starting with I've already said I think like dumbass who goes about his day, <laughs> and it ends with visions of God to a benevolent society and the damning of the secret police's soul. Like, that is... It's very specific. Wild. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that this is, like, a storytelling style, but this makes me feel like it should exist, of mm. this is an example of might makes right versus, her like, their harmoniousness of the universe writing it. Sure. Like, that is Literal, such... like, karma. I don't, you know, yeah, mean to overuse the word, but, like, that is what it is. But it's just, yeah, the big galaxy-brained stuff, but very accessible and human at the same time. I don't know. That's, no, I mean, that's, that's perfect. That's a great, like, you know this literal universal galactic cycle. Yeah. This is how you apply it to your everyday life. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's storytelling, baby. Don't be a secret place. Yeah. <laughs> oh, if you're gonna take one thing away. <laughs> it's a good one to take away, actually, yeah. 
great. Well, let's uh, double bill this little friend, shall we? I know I'm going to just set the stage for uh, the whole thing here of this was by far the hardest time I've had. Mm, Picking yes. at something that felt appropriate and not just like, okay, I'll do that. Like, this is such a singular movie to me that it, I had a very difficult time. So... I did too, yeah. just because I I do not know anything about Buddhism. So the things that I took away from the depiction of like the monks and mm. how they interact with their surroundings is very like, this is how I feel about it. This might be totally off base. I don't yeah. fucking know. So I agree. Difficult yeah. one to do just because it is so singular. Yeah. So uh, take it away then. Take it away. <laughs> oh no, pressure. <laughs> I meant to say it as a pressure relieving thing, not a pressure applying thing. Oh no. <laughs> I took it and ruined it. Okay. I'm going to go, um, I'm considering this kind of the arty one for obvious reasons, but not even that it's like hoity-toity and you have to, you know, have a film degree to like it. Mm. Just because it is such a director vision mm. of like, here's how to use filmmaking to like express the images that are going on in his head yeah you know this i honestly think given that it's kind of the telling of a fairy tale and it's got that very universal story to it Mm. um very clear types of characters and you know the journey that the type of journey that they're gonna go on and probably how things are gonna work out for everybody if you're familiar with the basic story elements um if you like this movie that I'm about to say, honestly, really might love A Touch of Zen because they have a lot of those same things in common. Um, really interesting visuals and like hand designed stuff that doesn't exist but like could have existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and it feels for, like they almost should have existed. Yeah, yeah. Like somewhere still they do exist. Um, I'm going to build this with. Jim Hansen's Labyrinth from 1986. I think, honestly, if you like one, you'll really, really like the other because it's just a guy with like a very cool artistic vision just being like, (laughs) I have a specific image in mind. And it's this very, you know, this journey of our our hero kind of thrust into a a almost magical environment Mm. uh, for touch of zen and definitely for labyrinth where you're just coming up against this like very clearly evil coded thing where it's like the secret police is bad guys there's never a good goblin king or a good secret police we don't need to spend time explaining this exactly like these are just this is just a very basic story playing out and and very fairy tale-esque and like Someone kind of expanding the scope of their universe, right? It's not all about them and what they want and what they think is funny. It's like, you know, in this way, I guess Goo is a teenage girl. Where it's like, just get over yourself like a little bit. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's it's got kind of a... Not open-ended necessarily, but you can interpret uh, as as we have. We've done Labyrinth on the pod before. Oh, yeah, that's right. And as like, why have we talked? This seems seems so familiar. (laughs) (laughs) How quickly you forget, Nicholas. Yeah, you could interpret it a bunch of different ways. Yeah. Are they all hallucinating is, you know, <laughs> a question you could ask in both movies, but just yes. like really interesting shit to look at. Kind of the same story structure. Did I say same? The same story structure. And uh, yeah, a journey of like a, a likable enough protagonist and you know what's going to happen to them yeah. pretty much. Like you've read a fairy tale, you know what's going on, but <laughs> it's still interesting to watch it go by and see the the artistic decisions that get made. Jim Henson's such a creative force, you know, yeah. designing things that have never been done on film before. Yes, and everything is kind of 
feed it's a feedback to like to you could chart it all back to like and that's because jim henson thought exactly yeah. yeah yeah so that's that's i genuinely they've got the same kind of vibe and i can't exactly explain why but honestly no. if you like labyrinth watch a touch of <laughs> yeah set nice. aside some time make some snacks <laughs> yeah that's mine and Excellent. i don't have a title for it i'm gonna call it a touch of jareth <laughs> yeah no no yes yes i am <laughs> call the police <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> What's yours? Well, I'm going with, well, I guess kind of a same tack, where it, I'm taking the, not like any of the plot of Touch of Zen or anything like that, and more of, well, I guess kind of the plot, but still more of the design and just general approach of the whole thing. Sure. Uh, like, a Touch of Zen was such an amazing game changer. Yeah. In all the same ways that my... Such a pillar. ...feller feller here is going to be. Okay. Uh, So I'm going to pair this with a big old blockbuster uh, that similarly changed the game in many ways. Uh, Utilizing literal techniques that a Touch of Zen designed and brought about. Okay. Uh, you mentioned it already. I'm putting this with The Matrix oh, from nice. 99. That is a great choice. Oh, no, totally. Yeah. Totally. If you like The Matrix, you're going to fucking love Touch of Oh, Zen. my God, yeah. yeah. Like, this is... Nice. You can... There are, like, ways that The Matrix is... Ma- <laughs> ways that The Matrix is shot. It's one Matrix. Two <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> oh, that's the truth. <laughs> that's what it is. Um, that you can be watching a Touch of Zen and be like, oh, yeah, this is that same bit. Oh. This is that same bit. This is that same bit. Um, obviously, all the wire stuff is the same. Literally, the choreographer for this, Yan Wuping of, of uh, The Matrix, was trained by the trainer of the same martial arts choreographer of A Touch of Zen. Like, it's yes, that's where so I closely related. It is wild. Like, I, yeah. I love the same general exposition and philosophical approach of the whole thing. Of the like the idea of oh you're just some rat in a cubicle yeah like oh no but you, you don't are even know it part of the fabric of reality that you need to take a second look at expand your mind learn what's actually important here take a step into like being a better human being step up against the secret police <laughs> yeah uh, uh, who are so much stronger but show that there's a way that isn't physical strength to like move past show yes. people another way yeah they yeah. undervalue the strength of like community and personal like moral fortitude yeah they yeah. they see no value in that and that's why they're defeated yeah nice and i mean matrix becomes a chosen one e narrative which i mean it's fine you fine. like it or you won't uh and in that way neo varies quite a lot differently from goo <laughs> yes. who is uh not <laughs> as we discussed a teenage girl uh, <laughs> kind of a wiener one as well yes so but like so it's not like exactly one-to-one but it does feel like it has a lot of the same things to say i feel like the wachowski's coming in and channeling a lot of yes a lot of that same stuff is it wachowski's or wachowski's never been clear i do not know anyway wachowski's wachowski sisters doing yeah. great work Lana and Lily. Yeah. In a way, I almost feel like you double bill a touch of Zen with the entire Matrix 4 movie cycle, and (laughs) it's kind of this even more accurate. I mean, talk (laughs) about your, like, cycles of rebirth and, like, trying again, and the point is to get back up and try again. Like, that's the whole Matrix thing. Finding inner peace. Literally, it's right there. It's literally right there. (laughs) That's a great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So if same same thing, if you like the Matrix, I feel like you will even if you watch a touch of Zed and you're like that wasn't to my taste, you will at least very much respect 
<laughs> where it influenced cinematic reality. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It'll it'll be interesting for you to see all those foundational elements of Matrix yeah. stuff. Nice. Yeah. It's a great one. You're welcome for seeding it a little earlier in the podcast. Makes you look very legit. Oh, I was going to say, it makes it seem like I took an easy way out. <laughs> I didn't know until you said it. We're all thinking about the Matrix, Nick. But I backed it up with behind-the-scenes facts. All right, I'll allow it. <laughs> ah, well, I believe that will do us for another episode of Garbage here. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Just thinking about beautifully blowing rushes and moonlit lilies. <laughs> <laughs> Go and play your Gucci at home. Yes. Uh, and I hope that you will rate and review us on a podcast platform of your choice, wherever you're listening to the, to us currently. Let us know if you watch A Touch of Zen and what you think and how you interpret the end. I'm yeah. so curious. Any Anyone with Buddhist background as well. Yes, Very that would welcome be... welcome to correct our asses. You can only read so much as I've done before actually talking to experts more about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you can do that at uh, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know about that. At GartbidgePod. I believe that will take care of us for this week, so I hope that you will join us for another pile of garbage. Thanks, Mark.